You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Anyway, so here we are, Luke chapter 12. We're going to start a new chapter after all of these uh, crazy, crazy, crazy uh, long chapters in Luke. So we're going to get to 12, and we've only got quite a few left to go. We'll still be in Luke probably next year. Anyway, so we're going to Luke chapter. So what Jesus has done is he has, he's just absolutely blasted the Pharisees, and then some lawyer had the guts to speak up, so he blasted the lawyers. And now uh, he's going to speak to another group now. And so after that, so the verse before it, uh, it says they, they then from then on plotted to get, to get him and to catch him in something. And so under these circumstances, the first words of this are, the circumstances are, he's just tore them to shreds and they're plotting against him. And under these circumstances, after so many thousands of people had gathered together that they were stepping on one another, Jesus began saying to his disciples, first of all, to his disciples, first of all. And so if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, what I'm about to read to you is first of all to you. You know, some of these things are to the world, but this one, first of all, is to you who claim to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Here it goes. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. But there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed, hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed upon the housetops. I said to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sowed for two cents, yet not one of them is forgotten before God? Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear you are more valuable than many sparrows. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to stop there in nine. So what's shocking about this last part is do not fear you are worth many sparrows. This is literally used in every form around the country and the world to tell you not to fear. You have nothing to fear. When only a few verses before, he said, I'm telling you who to fear. And who's he talking to again? First of all, he's talking to disciples. Above all, he's talking to disciples. Before all other people he's talking to, he's talking to disciples. You fear the one. And so in my pocket promise books of my childhood, 18-year-old childhood, um, when I met Jesus and became a Christian, and I started buying these promise books and quoting the promises and standing on the promises, they said that fear of the Lord, this verse and the verse about the sparrows, it was translated reverential trust. And uh, I was like, 
reverential trust in place of fear. So wherever you read fear the Lord in the Bible, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Reverential trust is the beginning of wisdom. I thought, man, that's crazy. So at a very young age, I looked up fear in the Greek dictionary. And what the word literally means, specifically with no alteration, deathly afraid. Like deathly afraid. Like you're so afraid you could die from your fear. That's what it means. And when Jesus is saying, don't fear, don't be deathly afraid of them that can only kill your body. Don't even be afraid of them. Be afraid instead of the one who after he kills you, meaning God, can destroy your soul forever. And these verses being used by this, I think this, this fear is a word that in these verses that are chiefly to disciples, I think the fear part is what we overlook the most because we want to believe it means reverential trust instead of deathly afraid. Like, I don't want to have God either kill me or throw me into hell. Either one. And I'm all the time talking in our classes about not being afraid of the guy who kills you and sends you to heaven. And instead, this self-defense mechanism of fight or flight that we all have in us, when someone comes to harm us, we would rather send them to hell, knowing their spirit, knowing where they stand with the Lord. We would rather send them to hell so that we can continue to live on earth than to have them send us to heaven. And if you have an eternal perspective, this really is the only way to look at it. So when we see the pictures of somebody or we know of somebody passing that is a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, we have what's called a celebration of life. We have a celebration that their, their race is over. They have, they've crossed the finish line. And to our knowledge, because we, are not, we can't determine their outcome, but to our knowledge, their fruit was such, was such that we believe with all our hearts that they have graduated onto something much better. There's a couple other words in this that we, I think we should define. Like confess. He says, confess me before men. You know, and I will confess you before my Father in heaven. Deny me before men. And so it's like confess seems to be an important thing to be confessed before God. If I'm going to be denied before God, that sounds like a bad thing. So I want to look at the word confess. But the very beginning of this is be aware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy or a hypocrite. And so I thought it would be good to look up those words. You know, what do they mean? Because you and I have a conclusion what they mean. We know what confess is. It's, um, I confess. I confess, he did it. No, that's not what it means. It's, I confess, I did what you're saying I did. But that isn't what confess me before men is. It can't mean that. It can't just mean, yes, I believe. Yes, Jesus is Lord. There's, if it only means, uh, yeah, by the way, Jesus is the Lord. Yeah, by the way, I believe. I do believe, so I'm good. It doesn't matter what you do after that, because you said it. You can't take it back. You confessed. Jesus is Lord. 
Are you guilty of Jesus being your Lord? I confess, yes, I did that. I'm guilty. And so we have come to the conclusion that that is what he means by confess me before men. So I thought we should define that word for us. And let's start with that. What confess means, that this word confess here, means a covenant acknowledgement, to acknowledge a covenant that you have with God. If you have a co- acknowledge your covenant you have with me, I will acknowledge the covenant you have with me to my Father in heaven. That's what it means. Let me say it again. If you acknowledge this covenant you have with me before everybody, then I will acknowledge before our Father in heaven the covenant you have with me, and you'll be good. And I think that we as a people have really turned this into an acknowledgement of the mouth. Say it out loud. You can only say it out loud by the Holy Spirit. But the truth is, what he's talking about is not the fact that you accept the fact that Jesus was born. He died on a cross. He died for your sins. He was the Lamb of God. That's not what he's talking about by saying those things. He's saying that there's something of your life has completely changed. And I think that hypocrisy, when we look up the word hypocrisy and we say, what is he talking about here? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And and if you confess me, so if you acknowledge the covenant we have to everybody, I have a covenant with Jesus Christ. That's how I live. That's how I handle my money. That's how I handle my time. That's how I handle my energy. That's who I am. That's what my first thought in the morning and my last thought at night is, is that I have a covenant with Jesus Christ, that he would pay for my sins. He would, he would serve the sentence of my mistakes. And I would, number one, first and foremost, stop sinning, stop adding to the, to the penalty that he has to pay, stop pouring on to his penalty. That number two, I would worship him, deny myself and follow him meaning I would become like him to the world. The whole covenant with Jesus Christ is dependent on me transforming into him. Fear not. I will not stop my work in you until I have perfected you and can present you to my Father spotless and blameless. That's his covenant with you. Do you acknowledge that covenant to him that I intend to sin no more and put on him anymore? But he has, paid this, he has paid this penalty. And if I do, he loves me so much and he's so good. He'll pay, him, he'll pay, but that's only if I fail. But I'm intending to aim and to hit the mark. This covenant with him, that I acknowledge my covenant with him. And I'm here to tell you, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ or his name. I am not ashamed. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed of him. And I acknowledge to you that I accept the covenant of go and sin no more. Be forgiven, let him pay, but don't add to the payment. So then the word hypocrite, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And I've known many people who started out in this covenant and they, would, they confessed the covenant. They lived the covenant, but suddenly the seduction, and we've read a little bit about the seduction and we know that the sower went out to sow some seeds and some, brought, some went up real quick. But the cares of this world seduced them and they gave up on the covenant and they withered and died. And someone came along and threw them in a fire. Pretty straightforward how these stories just all go parallel. They all say the same thing. They all do the same thing. And so what is a hypocrite? So I looked it up. And it's, so there's hypocrite, 
which is what you are, and there's hypocrisy, which is the act of, hypo- of being a hypocrite. And I was just absolutely stunned because, you know, I love these words. And I've, I've used them my whole life, what a hypocrite is, and I used our version of a man who's not what he says he is. You know, just a, a phony. But it is that, but it's such a good word. It means an actor under an assumed character. And hypocrisy is having a fake identity. And I'm just like, wow. I expected a really long description of what a hypocrisy is. It was just real quick. An actor in an assumed, a fake identity, feigned, a feigned fake identity. And I thought about that for a while, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. And so you take that together with confess and fear, fear being deathly afraid, confess being I accept to publicly state my covenant with Jesus Christ that I will live for him, try to be him, try to make up the difference of him not being here anymore. I will allow him to make my home in him and use my body to accomplish his mission. And this, I, I accept this covenant with Jesus Christ, and I proclaim to you, and I am not ashamed of it. And if I move on to hypocrisy. So, I'm, so if we do that right, if we do that correct, we're going to have people wanting to imitate us and, and act. They're going to try to come into character. I need to come into the character of a Christian. It's pretty easy to do if you come and sit in this crowd for no time at all. You'll see, hey, the people that are really all in, they do this and they do that. And they say this and they speak this way and they speak in a Christianese. You know, they use terms like paradigm shift and, and you know, uh, we're going to redig the wells. And they start using words and terms and we, I just start imitating and saying these things. And pretty soon I can look just like them. And I thought about it, you know, Tom, Tom Hanks recently played Colonel Tom Parker. And I'm thinking about when he goes before heaven and he has to stand before God. And Colonel Tom Parker may have done a lot of things that we don't know. The movie showed him to be a pretty good guy with a lot of problems, you know, with a lot of, he had vices. But he's going to stand before God and say, hey, they just did a movie about me. You you saw it, right? I'm a good guy. I treated Elvis really good. And besides that, I was the manager for the king of rock and roll. I surely am okay, right? And then Tom Hanks comes before him and says, hey, I was Colonel Tom Parker. I did good. I was the king of rock and roll. I was the manager for the king of rock and roll. Well, there's Tom, Par- Tom Hanks standing before God. Guess what? He's not going to get judged by the role he played. He's saying, but wait, wait, wait. You didn't like Turner- you- God. You didn't like Tom Parker? How about Forrest Gump? Forrest Gump, everybody loves Forrest Gump. Nobody blames Forrest Gump for anything he did. I mean, he didn't ever do anything mean or wrong. or He just was a good guy. Everybody loves Forrest Gump, God. That's me. I played that role. Surely you can judge me based on Forrest Gump. Hey, Jim Lovell saved all of his friends lost in space in Apollo 13. And wait, wait, better than that, God, Captain Miller laid down his life for Private Ryan so his mother wouldn't lose all five of her sons. He laid down his life to save Private Ryan. Surely that, I mean, you can judge me based on, I was was Captain Miller. No, son, you're Tom Hanks. And no matter who, what role you played, no matter what, 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 
identity you faked. You are going to be judged based on who you are. Who remembers who he was in Castaway? What was his name? Everybody remembers Wilson the volleyball, but what was the guy's name? Huh? Yeah, yeah, you brought it up. Yeah. Who knows that guy's name? He says, that was the castaway. I already did my time in hell. No, son. No matter what character you fake, you're not going to do it. And I think about that in Christianity. How many people are faking it? How many people aren't really who they say they are? And so it really is being phony. And he's saying, beware. This is the leaven. Now, leaven might be a word you need to understand. All that word is is yeast. And the Bible says if you take a little bit of yeast and put it in a dough, a lump of dough, and just leave it, it won't take long. But the whole lump of dough will be yeasted. It'll be leavened. And so he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And the question is, what's, what's leavening your lump? The lump that you are, what's leavening it? Is it the idea of performance to be, try to be someone you're not? Try to get everyone to believe you're better than, than you really are? You know, you could ask me if I'm a good cook. You know what I'd say? Yeah. You know why? Because I like what I eat. I'm compared, I, I like what I cook. But compare me to Vicky, and I'd have to say, no, she's a good cook. I'm not. Compare, then, so the comparisons go way beyond that. In anything you do, what are, you, what are these Pharisees doing so wrong? These Pharisees are acting, and what they've, what they've decided to do is be the best Pharisee of Pharisee there is. They actually compete with these tall hats, like his hat's an inch higher than mine, so I'm going to work all week to get my hat higher. Their phylacteries that hang down on their robes and the thing, and their little prayer cloth that they wear over their shoulder, their shawl, and all the things that prove what they are, and then how they speak in public. They're constantly trying to be a better Pharisee. What are they trying, what are they comparing themselves to? What are they imitating in this world? What role are they playing to be the best Pharisee? They have Pharisees to compare with. And so they're, they're trying to imitate the wrong thing. They're trying to imitate the wrong person. And pretty soon, Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees about trying to imitate each other or trying to compete with each other or trying to be as good as each other. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're going the wrong way. Stop. What are we supposed to be imitating? It is in Christianity today, Christianity today, it is most common to talk about what Joseph did. Did Joseph not respond this way when he was thrown in the hole and when he was put in prison for 30 years? Did he not? And what did Daniel do? And Daniel did this and the Lord did that. And we're constantly trying to be like Daniel or Joseph or all these guys, Abraham, Did not Abraham do this, which was counted to him as faith? And we're imitating and trying to preach to people to be like the patriarchs of the Bible. We're aiming at the wrong uh, prize. Christianity today is one specific thing to look at. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. That's a pretty easy scripture to understand. My role... In my marriage, my family, my life is to love like Jesus loved me. 
I'm the church. Jesus' commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Completely different than the Ten Commandments, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Doesn't vacate the Ten Commandments. It ups it to unbelievable heights, to a perfection. Jesus saying, be perfect as your Father is perfect. Be holy as your Father is holy. It didn't excuse my need to go and sin no more. It made it ridiculous. Like way out of my reach. That bar got moved. Like it's crazy. It just upped the game. My imitation is no longer one of you. My imitation is no longer Abraham. It's not what did Joseph do when he got thrown in a hole. It's not what did Moses do when he was in the desert. It's not what did David do when facing the giant or he lost the ark to the Philistines. What, it's not what Solomon said any longer. It's what Jesus did and said. He's my imitation. He's, my so, he's, he's who I'm supposed to be imitating. And yet, he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. This acting out a false identity. How many husbands have said to their wife, you didn't tell them who I really am. You didn't tell them what I really did. Because we've got to keep that a secret. I've got to keep them believing that I'm this other guy. You can imagine Tom Hanks saying, honey, you know I really am like Jim Lovell. No, honey, I think you're more like Forrest Gump. Uh-oh. There's trouble in the Hanks home. No, it's what role are you playing? Who are you trying to fake out? Who are you trying to imitate? Trying to convince everybody. Altar calls where people, you go to these Holy Spirit revivals, tent meetings and stuff, and everybody's performing their their thing and then other people are real and they look alike and you can't tell the difference the ones faking it remember i was in a meeting one time and this english lady said you know she's totally faking it and i said well no i don't know i don't the fakers look just like the real how would i know now why would i care that's not my deal I'm not going to act like her. I'm going to wait for the Holy Spirit, and I'll just let, let the Holy Spirit have, have his way. I'll laugh if I laugh. I'll cry if I cry. I'll dance. I'll stand still. But I'm, I want to be real. And people in Christianity constantly are trying to perform one up, just like the Pharisees. And he says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is making everything about me, imitating Abraham, imitating David, imitating Paul the Apostle. It was really funny. These seven sons of Sceva actually said to a demon, in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches, and it says, those demons said, we know Paul and we know Jesus, but we don't know you, and they beat him up, gave him a good thrashing. Being phony doesn't work. Not being real doesn't work. It might work for a while. It might fool a crowd, but it's going to stand before God and you're not going to be able to say, yeah, but I played Forrest Gump and Forrest Gump is good. I've got to get in. Well, your, your, uh, your imitation person doesn't really get you in. The real you has to come before God and get real. The secret, we go to a men's, a men's like convention and they talk about pornography. Three quarters of the crowd is falling on their face. Well, where were they last week? How long was this pornographic thing going on? See, if people don't like what I'm preaching, if they don't like, if they don't like 
what I say, here's the identity of a Christian. Here's what the leaven of the Pharisees is. Here's what, here's what the true leaven of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven when put in a lump. Leaven's the whole lump. And they don't like what it is. They say, so they go and congregate with groups that agree with them. You don't like that we're against smoking pot. Then you just go find the Christian group that's for smoking pot. You don't like that we're against drinking alcohol publicly and, and making it a spectacle. Then you just go find the one, the, the Christians that have the bar in there in their church you don't like you don't like the seeker sensitive or you don't like the fact that we aren't seeker sensitive and you you don't like this or you don't like that you just go find groups that agree with you someone's never going to preach against you living together as an unmarried couple just go find the church that is going to preach and and we all we all divide up by languages and by cultures and by colors and by by everything. We divide all up because we're trying to imitate each other so that we can be looked upon as the best like that. I'm going to behave this way so that my contemporaries think I'm something special. I'm going to make everybody think I'm pure when I'm not pure. It's just not going to do any good when what we need to do is confess Jesus and our covenant with him that I am unholy and he is holy and I have a commitment to try to be holy to try to walk before him to walk in righteousness and make decisions that are based on loving my neighbor as I have been loved and I have been loved perfectly and that's a tall order but that's my covenant with him by acknowledging that covenant with him I'm telling you I'm an utter failure I have not loved everyone the way I've been loved I'm just telling you my covenant with him is that I put every effort into doing that, that I continue to change and continue to build and continue to be molded, to become the man that can love others the way I've been loved. Do you see that? And I can go and say, yeah, but Lord, I was the pastor. I, I, I played the role of pastor for 45 years. I faked it good. Everyone believed I was the pastor, Lord, didn't you? When the only way I am truly the pastor is if I've accepted and acknowledged my covenant with Jesus Christ, that I am surrendered before him, that who I used to be, the kid that could play any sport, that guy doesn't exist anymore. That guy laid it down to follow Jesus. And if he sent me to play sports, that's great, but he didn't. He sent me to preach the gospel. And it's like, I'm not a phony. I'm just, and I, and I don't want to become one. I don't want to finish poorly. I want to finish strong. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here today to tell you, confess him. Acknowledge your covenant with him that it, to all men, I am first and foremost a Christian. Now, I have many titles. Uh, some of you call me pastor. Others call me contractor. Some call me dad. Some call me hu honey, husband. I have many titles to many different people. But the one that matters the most is my covenant with Jesus Christ to be like him. My covenant with Jesus Christ. He left. He left so that we could be like him. The things you see me do, you will do. And greater things than I do, will you do. And he told them to observe him and do what they saw him do. And Paul said, we're being conformed into the image of his son. We're being transformed conformed, made, molded. And he says this, I will not cease my work until you are perfected. And that means, man, that's my covenant with him. He's at work in me and I'm at work for him. To surrender to him and be what he wants me to be so that people see Jesus 
if they're around me, they'll eventually see Jesus. You hear me? Quit trying to find a bunch of Christians that agree with what you do because God's not going to be fooled by, hey, everyone in my church did that. Well, that doesn't matter. That was, you were faking it. You didn't, you weren't really trying to be like me. You were trying to make me like you. Say, Jesus is like me instead of I'm like Jesus. And so for me, that's a, that's a pressure. That's a huge conviction. That's something I want to be. I want to be like Jesus. I love you, Lord, and I want to be just like you. This is the call of God in our lives. So bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you have, if you have any courage at all in this, if you have any desire to be a man or a woman who confesses Jesus and accepts that covenant, who is not going to quit acting, I'm done being an actor and I'm done acting. I'm done with being a hypocrite. I'm done with hypocrisy. I'm going to be real. Whatever I am, I am. And I'm going to work and let Jesus work in me to be something different, perfected in his sight. So just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm going to call you. I'm going to say, get up and come forward after I pray for you. And seek the Lord. Come to the altar. But let's pray first. Father, we ask for your convicting spirit. Show us where we have fallen short. Show us where we need to rise up. Show us where we need to press in. Help us keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking plotting and planning to be more like you, to work to, instead of imitating the Pharisee or imitating the guy next to us or the pastor down the road or the person in our culture we want to be most like, instead of that, Lord, let us put, cast down these things. The rock star worship leader, we want their platform. Lord, we repent today. Do you say amen? And we ask you to show us in our hearts. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you say amen, this prayer is heard in heaven, and if you bow before him and wait on him, the Holy Spirit will begin to work in you today. So we say amen. Say amen. 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 Now with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, you decide. But if you feel the Holy Spirit working in you, then you come to the altar, and you pray before the Lord right now. You come now, and you pray before the Lord. And you seek the Lord, and you and the Lord will have work. God will begin to touch you and people will begin to pray over you. Hear his voice. See his vision. Hear the call of God for what he wants you to be, what he wants to do in you, and who you're supposed to be imitating. Jesus. Who you're supposed to be like. Jesus. Who you, how you're supposed to love. Like Jesus. The name under heaven and on earth by which men can be saved. No other name under heaven or on earth that men can be saved by. And I want to be like Jesus. I want to be in the name of Jesus. I want to speak in the name of Jesus. I want to say the name of Jesus and know that I'm like him. And then the rest of you, start to worship the Lord. You move from where you're at. If you only want to come halfway, come halfway. You can't kneel, don't kneel. Just move towards the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord. And the pastors that are not responding but are praying over people. They, they might not even touch you, but they're praying over you. Just let them soak you in prayer. Hallelujah. If you want to give your life to Jesus, let one of these prayer pastors pray for you. One of these 
prayer teams pray for you and lead you to a relationship with Jesus, a commitment to be like Jesus. Jesus, I love you. Worship him. Lift your voices.
upon the Lord. Stand perfectly still. This is the day. This is this. There's something going on, a transformation in our lives today. I want to be more like Jesus. I wish it was one and done, but it just doesn't seem to be. Let him transform you. Oh, Lord, if today all you can touch is my liver, make my liver like your liver. I don't care. Just make me like you, Lord. Let my feet be your feet. Let my hands be your hands. Let the breastplate of righteousness beyond me. Can you amen these prayers? Can you pray these prayers? The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, Lord, let them be on me. Let me wear Jesus. Let me wear Jesus as my garment. The garment of praise. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My covenant with you is that you would pay the penalty that I deserve to pay that you paid a debt you didn't owe and I owed a debt I couldn't pay and you paid it for me. My covenant with you that is that my life and whatever's left of it belongs to you. To use me as, I, as you will. Can you say amen to this prayer? Can you say amen to this prayer? Amen. Can you say I love you, Jesus? Can you sing this song with me all together now? Let's sing Hola. Come on now. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, 
Hallelujah. This should be our countenance of our countenance of every day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I am in covenant with him to live for him, through him, to become what he wants me to be, to give what he wants me to give, to do what he wants me to do, to be his hands, be his feet. This is my covenant with him. And this I confess before you. And this should be our every day in Christian walking. And I would encourage you to take up this mantle, to be Jesus in your world. What would Jesus do is your every thought for every moment. Not about the pursuit of money, the pursuit of success, the pursuit of anything that he didn't send you to pursue. But let this be the day that you change, that you're transforming, that the beginning happens. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.